0: I've heard that some people are upset about that, and the, the the right have been like losing their mind. You know, they're just like, oh my god, you know, dogs and cats are living together, and you know, like I said, aren't there more important things we should be talking about rather than if if I dress like a slob? Well, uh, yeah, but let's start with you not dressing like a slob, and then we'll discuss the more serious things. How about that? Living under bridge, boy. He's the Democrat. Party's monster. It's too bad the nickname Boltneck is already taken. Because a good nickname for him might be Boltneck if John Kerry hadn't already locked that one up. Happy Friday to you and welcome. John Fetterman, I, I tell you, yesterday you see, I, you know, I don't even know. Can I use that word on the radio, Michael? I'm not 100% sure. I, I, uh, yesterday he put out. Now we're going to have to change the speech code in the Senate to accommodate Fetterman too. He, uh, he called the, he uh, I don't think it's one of the words. Let me review my George Carlin uh, FCC regulations here. The senator from Pennsylvania referred to uh, members of the House as jagoffs. That's uh, that's the word that he used. And uh, this, is, this is the United States Senate. This is the Democrat Party. Then he went out and burned a police car and growled like a wild animal. Here's John Fetterman now. He just came through the door. <laughs> oh, hi, Senator. Have a seat. Yeah. Fetterman's here. <laughs> there he is. He is, uh, this guy's really a piece of, what is he, Michael? He's a piece of, oh, he's a piece of work. He's a piece of work, this guy. We we do have to keep it clean, unlike the United States Senate, where they can uh, use whatever sort of slurs uh, that uh, they choose because it's the Democrat Party. And, you know, better be careful because they might loot a neighborhood near you. Could even be your place. They might just start looting your place, the Democrat Party is a party of mob violence, aren't they? Mob violence, political violence, street violence. Seattle, Portland, San Francisco. Uh, I only have three hours. I should probably just leave it that because it goes on and on. Certainly Washington, D.C. They sacked, looted, plundered, bur- plundered. they burned. Uh, they looted this neighborhood around the radio station. They, they looted my neighborhood. Uh, but, you know, January 6th, so pay no attention. They injured more than 180 federal police officers. Outside the White House, when they were attacking the White House, President Trump was living there at the time. They set the Church of the Presidents on fire. They're the Democrat Party. They are like a scary horror movie, you know, uh, all the violence. And you know those people you see on the local news being shot every weekend? That's the Democrats, too. Can you believe that? They're shooting people all over the place like it's a war zone. In fact, uh, deadlier than a lot of war zones. All right, but I digress. We have, uh, we have a lot to... Uh, we have a lot, as always, and um, I, you know, I have uh, uh, a few friends in town and uh, people that pay attention to things, and uh, law enforcement friends and political friends, and and uh, what I'm getting out of the out of the White House is that there is great concern there, and uh, it, it has to do with Joe Biden's ability to get out of bed and function in the morning, and every day. When Joe Biden gets up and uh, puts on an episode of Hazel and has his bowl of uh, porridge, the uh, the people there, including uh, Dr. Jill, have to come to a determination as to whether Joe is having a good day or a bad day. And if he's having a good day, maybe they can go ahead with a couple of the you know lightweight things they have on the on the very thin schedule. Uh, and if not, they might have to start changing things. And they know, they know they've got to rein him in and kind of keep him close, hold him close, keep people close to him to try to keep him on a short leash. And every day it is a a toss of the coin. He rolls out of bed, uh, watches Hazel. He loves that Shirley Booth. And then they decide, well, what kind of a day is he having? Because he's not up to the job and he's got to go. And then the Democrats are going to have to figure out what they're going to do. And that's where, you know, will it be Michelle Obama? Will it not be Michelle Obama? Oh, you see Lickspittle. I was happy to see Lick Spittle's name again, Chris Lick Spittle Saliza, where he used to be at the Washington Post, he used to be at CNN, now he's someplace else, and uh, nobody cared about him then, he didn't know what the truth was then, and he doesn't know what the truth is now, but he's got a, uh, he's attacking Ted Cruz, I played the audio for you the other day, talking about Michelle Obama uh, parachuting in at the last minute to become the Democrat Party's nominee, and uh, Lick Spittle. Has weighed in on that in his weightless way, and we got that. Uh, we got the gun for it. And uh, John Fetterman, he's definitely in the news because of his clothes. And a couple of Democrats, believe it or not, have come forward. Dicky the Turban, Dicky the Turban from Illinois, uh, and uh, West Virginia's Joe Manchin have Democrats senators have both weighed in and said, you know, maybe we should have a dress code where men wear suits and ties in the Senate instead of looking like looters from Chicago who just ripped through a jewelry store in their uh, basketball shorts and hoodies, because that's his, that's his thing. In fact, I came in today, and Michael, I thought Michael was doing his John Fetterman. Michael Pierce is sitting across from me here, and he's, I got to look under the, under the table here. Michael is wearing uh, black uh, like running shoes, black running shoes, I'm looking down there, and uh, white ankle socks, always a good look. Uh, black black running shoes and white ankle socks. And he's wearing uh, basketball shorts and a T-shirt with uh, some kind of space alien cartoon on the uh, thing there. And uh, it's not Marvin the Martian, but it's somebody else. And he's looking and I walked in and I of course, made a Fetterman crack when I when I saw him this morning. Normally, he at least wears long pants, trousers, slacks of some kind. All right, there are oh, always jeans, I think, but that's a that's okay too. Uh, and uh, he's doing the Fetterman, uh, but uh, he didn't call me or anybody else uh, Jagoff so far. So uh, that's, uh, that's your, that's your uh, new Washington. Here we are. The 21st century has arrived. <laughs> hey, there's Senator Fetterman again. Hey, uh, Hey, Senator. You're doing a heck of a job. Love the outfit. And uh, well said. And also, he—he he, uh, honestly, when he speaks, we played a sound about what day before yesterday or, or yesterday of uh, Fetterman trying to say something and uh, not getting there at all, not getting there at all. But that's fine because if you—if you raise an eyebrow, if you notice that John Fetterman is the Democrat Party's monster, you know, it's alive, it's alive. Uh, then you're the bad guy. You're the villain of the story for noticing that. A member of the Senate should be living under a bridge with cans of Schaefer in his hands, because you know he is—he is not up to the job either. Uh, Senator Dianne Feinstein, Senator John Fetterman, uh, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris—the Democrat Party is a plane crash into a bridge with a train of handicapped people over a school. Um, and uh, that, you know, this is your Democrat Party there. And the news media tells you that everything is fine. Everything is fine. It's the emperor's new clothes every day, every day. And then there's Joe Biden. And again, at the White House, they have to assess his well-being every morning and decide how they're going to proceed based on whether Joe Biden's having a good day or a bad day. I wonder if they have a code for it. They probably have a code. But they got a code for a lot of things like Cobra, Cobra, Cobra. And... Uh, And that's when Joe Biden's walking around naked, which he has a long history of doing indoors and out, skinny dipping at the vice president's residence, skinny dipping at one of his many multi-million dollar mansions with swimming pools where, you know, he bought the houses with uh, government salary. He really manages his money well. Not our nation's money, but his own money. He manages very, very well, apparently. But Joe Biden yesterday was uh, speaking to the Congressional Hispanic Caucus. They love race Racial division, racial balkanization. So they have a Hispanic caucus, and there's no white caucus, by the way, because that would be racist, but having a Hispanic caucus is not racist. See how the rules work? These are the rules that the Democrats have laid down. And there is also a congressional black caucus, but uh, there is still not a congressional white caucus because that would be racist. But Joe Biden was talking to the not racist congressional Hispanic caucus, and he thanked the Congressional Black Caucus, because he doesn't know where he is or what he's doing most of the time. And the New York Times and CNN are fine with that. And the Democrat Party is thrilled with that, because that means somebody else is running the show. We just don't know who, Barack Obama, who wants you to be angry all the time. Joe Joe Biden is... Uh, I don't know if he's capable. He is capable. We've heard the stories about he curses everybody out behind closed doors and uses all kinds of foul, vulgar language, even worse than Fetterman. And uh, just yelling at his own staff and dressing everybody down. Um, You know, they do a lot of that. So Joe Biden thanking the Congressional Black Caucus when he's talking to the Congressional Hispanic uh, Caucus. Maybe the lighting was bad. They'll explain to us later there. Oh, and Cringe. Cringe was asked about the border yesterday at the White House. And... She attacked Republicans. And Peter Ducey of Fox News said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. And that was the end of that discussion because, you know, Deutschland uber alles. We live in an authoritarian police state and the left is here. They're not liberals, okay? Uh, Also, CNN has a big poll. Biden leads Trump in potential New Hampshire rematch. Are they having a rematch in New Hampshire? Uh, Not exactly a key swing state. Though dissatisfaction with both Remains high. See, that's the uh, that's the thing, and uh, so we got uh, we got that, and uh, it's a CNN poll. So for what it's worth, which is different than a Biden family poll, which is usually found inside of a gentleman's club. I'd say it's a different thing altogether. Uh, Joe Biden, you saw Joe Biden bumped into a, a poll uh, yesterday, night before last. Joe Biden walking off stage bumped into a poll, and um, said, "Hey, Mr. President, you just bumped into a poll," and I. Uh, he uh, turned. He thought he had jumped into the Polish prime minister, but uh, but it wasn't. It was just a flagpole, not the Polish prime minister. So he got uh, we got that going. And uh, Senate dress code could return as lawmakers plan revolt against controversial move. Is Forbes magazine headquarters and uh, Fetterman, who is, uh, his, his, uh, you know they got a uh, code name for him on Capitol Hill, the U.S. Capitol Police too. And his code name is, Aah! and then everybody knows who they're talking about, see? And Fetterman says, the world didn't spin off its axis, uh, and then the jagoffs in the house, uh, outraged by his outfits. I don't know, uh, outraged, but, um, you know, it's worth pointing out. And uh, Fetterman with his, his unsavory language, his impolite language. But this is the lexicon that the left has adopted. And honestly, I think that conservatives have to return fi- return fire in kind, and uh, they're never very good at that. Uh, but, but you should probably do it in a clever and funny way to mock uh, Fetterman and, uh, you know, his, his Peter Boyle and Young Frankenstein impersonation is growing old, but maybe that's me. Uh, 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 uh. And a suspected robber who allegedly pistol-whipped store clerk, that's a Democrat, Stopped in his tracks by armed good Samaritan. Oh, no. See, the Democrats hate that. You don't want a law-abiding citizen with a legal concealed carry permit stopping crime. You want crime. That's the, those are the uh, two choices there. And the Democrats say, well, let's see. What do we want here? Uh, a citizen who's uh, trained in the use of firearms and legally possesses a firearm, defending the community when uh, the police can't be there because they can't be everywhere at once. Uh, or do we want the criminal? to be successful and get away with it and pistol-whip people and steal stuff. And the Democrats choose B. We want the criminal to pistol-whip the old person, steal stuff, and get away with it uh, and never be caught. And then if they are caught, they want to release them right away without bail so they can do it again because Democrats' violence, mob violence, mob political violence, mob street violence, mob looting uh, the Democrats. Every one of those mob looting scenes you've seen, all Democrats, every single one of them. I know this because if there were one that were not Democrats, that would be big news for months on end, and uh, people would get 22 years in prison, and the trials would be carried live all day on the television. Also, a New York Times columnist posted a uh, picture of his lunch at an airport in New Jersey, and he claimed that it was $78 for a cheeseburger and uh, crinkle-cut fries. Looks pretty good. And uh, And a drink, a glass with ice and looks like brown liquor. And he said it cost him $78. $78. That's why Americans think the economy is terrible. Well, that's part of it. But only a small part. David Brooks. At the New York Times, they pretend he's a conservative columnist, which is pretty funny. Well, the restaurant has had its revenge on New York Times columnist David Brooks. Also, um, the first openly transgender NFL cheerleader who may become a quarterback real soon. Um, Or maybe, maybe be better. They played center, just saying. Nine six two five. Feel free to call and participate in our humble broadcast on this uh, beautiful American Friday. Uh, let's go to the telephones. Let's go to George calling from Melbourne, Florida. Or hey, you're on the Chris Plant Show. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. You betcha.
1: I just wanna, I just wanna run by you a little story here, a real short one. Okay, I came here in 1978. I came from Venezuela, I came to study, and I met a beautiful woman, I ended up getting married, loved this country, got beautiful daughters, everything. But in the 60s, uh, 60s and 70s and 80s, at the beginning of the 80s, everything was, the, Venezuela was the richest country in, this, in South
0: America. Right.
1: Okay? Everything was great. <clears throat> there was corruption in the government, like all, every country, have a little corruption. Okay? But then Chavez came to power. Okay? He was the one that said, no, I'm for the people. The people are first. Even the presidential jet, he said, no, we don't need that kind of jet. We, I don't need to travel in that expensive luxury and all that stuff. Okay, but power, money, everything else get to the head. What happened? He became a dictator. After he became a dictator, <clears throat> ended up that he used the – the police, the police uh, is called PTJs, uh, technical police, against his uh, enemies, and that's how he took more power from every everybody else. Okay, so is anything that he looks to me familiar here with what's going on in this country right now? What's going on in this country is the same floor plan that happened in South America, and it happened in Venezuela. If we as a, as a citizen we don't wake up. And see what's going on here. We're going to end up in a very bad shape here.
0: Yeah, that's well, the problem. you're their worst nightmare, George. You're uh, you're uh, an immigrant uh, paying attention who uh, still understands and appreciates the value of the United States of America, of the Bill of Rights, of the Constitution, of our constitutional republic, of our freedoms and our liberties, as the left is here. And I keep pointing this yeah. out. George you may be aware. I keep these are not <laughs> liberals. This is the left. No, they're not. Yeah, and yeah, that. They're not. Yeah, nothing could yeah, be man. more different. Uh, the left is not liberal at all, and uh, these people are authoritarian in their political orientation and their social orientation. And uh, George, uh, we even have it at the Chris Plant store. The left is coming for your rights. In fact, we have it with President Trump's mugshot on coffee mugs and the Chris Plant Show logo. The left is coming for your rights. And the National Football League has gone all in with the transgender cheerleader. That's a man pretending to be a woman as a cheerleader for the Carolina Panthers. Insert joke here. After becoming a member of the Carolina Panthers' top Cats cheerleaders in March, Justine Lindsay has heard that there was uh, nothing like the team's first home game of the season. That statement proved true. And uh, here is uh, Lindsay, an African-American man. Goes by uh, goes by that, I guess. Oh, Justine. Justine. Probably, who knows, Justin. You notice that they don't even um, mention anymore uh, what the person was known as for the first 20 years of their lives or whatever. It was the best moment I could imagine, Justine Lindsay said, the new Carolina Panthers top cat cheerleader. Now, um, Michael and I were talking about this this morning and said, could they be in danger of uh, having a flag thrown for too many men on the field? If they've got you know the team uh, up at the line of scrimmage and then dude dude look like a lady but not really on the cheerleader squad is on the field could be uh, you know I can hear the whistle now see the flag flying too many men on the field that is that's crazy Lindsay 30 years old is the first openly you know how they like to use the word openly when it would be so obvious uh, it's just so completely ridiculous. The first openly transgender sh- cheerleader in the NFL. That implies or insinuates that there have been other transgender cheerleaders in the NFL, but we just didn't know it. See, that's the thing. I guess that would be women who think they're men. Is that, uh, would, that, would that be the, the secret code uh, to that one? You don't even want to talk about secret sauce in this situation. Her arrival, meaning his arrival, and the NFL was first announced in a personal Instagram post uh, and was followed by a host of media coverage. A host, of, and all the media love it. They're like, "Oh, isn't this wonderful? I'm so progressive. I support this." That's the, that's what's going through their little brains when they're typing up press releases for all of this. Now, more than halfway through the NFL season, and in support of Transgender Awareness Week. It's Transgender Awareness Week? Did let's say, when is that? That's November 13th to November 19th. Something else to look forward to. Put that on your calendars because you know you want to be aware. It's transgender, transgender awareness week, and we all have to be aware. When is normal week? I wanna I, I want to put on my calendar normal week because I think we all need to take a little time out to remember normal. Shouldn't we uh, pause to remember normal? When is um what what's, when is heterosexual month? Just uh, average guy, average girl, heterosexual month. Which month is that? That's every other month. No, no, it's not. No. What is the, where's the straight flag? Where's the straight flag? I want to have straight flags flying in front of every school, straight flags in every classroom uh, to, you know, introduce the children to something they haven't heard much about. Normal. What about that? Seemed like a good idea. So we'll have uh, a straight month and have uh, straight flags And uh, also, I mean, honestly, I think that uh, uh, Republican groups and pro-life groups need to get together. There is, as it turns out, a pro-life flag, a pro-life flag with a pro-life symbol. And I think Republicans need to fight to have pro-life month and to have the pro-life flag flown in every classroom and in front of every school everywhere in the country for pro-life month. Because the left has introduced this you know, political flag, political month, political movement thing. Um, You know, I know that we have like National Cheeseburger Day and things like that, but that's not very, I guess the Democrats think that's political too because it's food and they're anti-food and just amazing stuff. But uh, Republicans, conservatives, pro-life forces need to demand, go to the New York City school system, Los Angeles school system, and demand that we have uh, pro-life month and fly the pro-life flag and, front of every school and in every classroom, and then have straight month. Straight month, and uh, we'll have to come up with a straight flag uh, and fly that in front of every school, have it in every classroom, because that would be the way to go. But in the meantime, the Carolina Panthers winning friends everywhere they go with their top cats cheerleaders. And, it you know, it reminded me, uh, we were talking about it this morning, Michael and I, it reminded me of the, uh, the old Burt Reynolds movie, The Longest Yard. Remember the Burt Reynolds movie, The Longest Yard? They remade The Longest Yard later. But Burt Reynolds uh, went to prison for stealing his girlfriend's Citroen or something and crashing it. And he uh, and sent to prison, and he used to be an NFL quarterback, and, and he kind of became a drunk and he failed. And there he is in prison because he committed crimes. And, uh, and the, uh, the head of the prison, I think it's Eddie Albert, is it Eddie Albert? He wants to have a football team to play against other, uh, against other prisons or something like that. And they're having a, the game, the prison game, with the inmates uh, making up the football team. And, um, and in the stands, they have a bunch of men who are convicts dressed as women cheerleaders in the, uh, in the movie The Longest Yard. Right? And they're dancing and jumping up and down and, and hissing and you know, doing uh, voices and things to um, get a laugh at the movie theater, which is what that was all about. It was about getting a laugh. But the Democrats have turned a lot of things that used to be satire and comedy into mainstream American culture. Am I right? Yeah. You know I am. That's exactly right. Ah, 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 ah. So we got that. Yeah, The Longest Yard. We can probably find that scene. We should probably find that scene and post it with the, uh, the Jaguars story because, once again, all these things that used to be Monty Python used to be complete satire and the Democrats have, have gone mainstream with all these things that not long ago we would mock and everyone would laugh at, and now you're a terrible person if you don't endorse the, you know, the black guy in a cheerleader outfit uh, saying, I'm a lady, and dancing around with pom-poms, and, uh, and this makes sense to the Democrat Party because they're unwell. They have sexual issues all over the place, gender issues family issues mommy issues daddy issues straight issues children issues boy do they have children issues leave the children alone leave the children alone and uh, stop shooting people just two tips for the Democrat party uh stop uh, sexually tormenting first graders all right because that is unwell that's not uh, that that means you're not doing okay uh and uh stop shooting everybody if the Democrat, it'd be like Death Takes a Holiday, another old movie, also remade. Um, Meet Joe Black, I think it was the remake. Brad Pitt. and the, um, But the original Death Takes a Holiday was better. And, and I think the Democrats, you know, they should, maybe they, if they had any leadership and they don't, then somebody should step up and say, uh, stop shooting people. Let's start in Chicago or start in Baltimore or start in Washington, D.C., Let's have uh, Death Takes a Holiday Weekend. Have Democrat leaders come out and, dare I say, black leaders. Do we have any black leaders? We have Al Sharpton. And maybe, maybe everybody had listened to Al Sharpton because I think he's getting his word from Gurgle, isn't he? He's getting, <laughs> that's where he gets his guidance from Gurgle. But maybe somebody should step and say, say, hey, uh, 10,000 black people are going to be murdered in the United States this year. That's a number greater than the total number of black people that died in the entire Vietnam War. Maybe just one weekend, Democrats should not shoot anyone. Sound like a good idea? Maybe we should have a flag for that. Should we get a flag for that? Then the Democrats would pay attention. They like causes with flags. A lot of flags for Democrats. Not the American flag, generally. You know, they, they need a, a Zippo lighter if they get their hands on, a, on an American flag because they like to burn the American flag. But every other, every other flag they're in, they're in favor of, that's your Democrat party. Just extraordinary stuff. And Joe Biden. Joe Biden. I wonder, is he awake yet, do you think, down at the White House? And have they figured out? Because what I hear is there's a great deal of frustration at the White House. How is he going to do today? What are we going to do with Joe today? Is he up to the day today? Because every morning it's a roll of the dice. And at the White House, they know it. Mm -mm 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 -mm. They know it. You bet. All right, let's uh, let's Michael let's go to a uh, let's go to a telephone call. Let's go to Tricia calling from Herndon, Virginia. Tricia, you're on the Chris Plant Show.
2: Good morning, Chris. How are you?
0: I couldn't be better, Tricia. Thank you.
2: <laughs> Thank you so much. I wake up to you every day, and you put a smile on my face.
0: I'm very happy to hear that. Thank you.
2: All right, well, I'll keep it quick. uh, uh, We could probably extrapolate this to the transgender issue, but this is about the illegals. Um, DeSantis and and Greg Abbott made such a great team with busting the uh, illegal immigrants all over the country um, that I'm sad to see that Abbott is getting such flack for those barriers he put in the Rio Grande. And I thought that um, DeSantis and Abbott could team up again, and DeSantis could ship him a bunch of his natural resources Called alligators.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that, do you, because what was it? The, uh, um, there was a big alligator story last week. It wasn't even in Florida. I, th- I think it was in Texas, uh, where a Girl Scout troop <laughs> was chased away by a 14-foot alligator. Did you see that?
2: <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> and and the and the and the scoutmaster lady put herself between the 14-foot alligator and the little girls, and uh, it was kind of an amazing story, and everybody was fine, and even the alligator was fine. Now, so you th- now the now the Democrats are already angry with you, because yes. um, you know they like open borders. And you saw I was talking about it yesterday, Tricia, that the the uh, Governor Abbott said that the Biden people sent people down there with bolt cutters to cut through the concertina wire that had been laid there by the Texas National Guard at at Eagle Pass. And the Biden people came down like a gang of criminals and they cut. Through the, and that state property too. So they're damaging state property. They should all be arrested yep. in, and in handcuffs, and they should be forced to pay a billion dollars for it. But uh, of course, that'd be our money. But the, the, uh, the, you know, the Biden administration, the Democrats, let's just face it, the Democrats are not on our side, and they're trying to erase the United States of America, aren't they?
2: They are for sure. <laughs> Welcome to communism.
0: Honestly, our culture, our norms, science, gender, genetics, uh, normal sexual behavior for children versus adults. They're erasing everything normal. They are abby-normal. They they really are. Um, I think if you put their brains in jars, you would see that they're uh, they are gray and there's something terribly wrong with them.
2: Yes. But, but I think since, since our government's not pro- providing any deterrent for the illegals and Abbott is not allowed to place man-made deterrents, I think... And drowning isn't a big enough deterrent for these folks. I think maybe, you know, some hungry gators might do the job.
0: I uh, we, You know, we could hope, and then we could at least advertise that we there are 14-foot gators in the Rio Grande all over the place. And and uh, it's more dangerous than ever. Um, but, yep. you know, but the Biden people, it's a fun idea. It's a great idea. Uh, you know, sharks won't work because it's freshwater. So you need... You need gators. Gators yeah. are a good call, and uh, they should all be at least 10 feet, I think, because we Wait, have we dinosaurs. Should... We have these dinosaurs roaming around. We should use them.
2: Exactly, and I, I, you know what? In, invasive species are, are habitating other areas all the time. I, I think we could just claim mm-hmm. innocence on this. I'm like, I don't know where the gators came
0: from. We'll we'll, we'll blame climate change.
2: It's climate change, did
0: it see they they used to be uh, you know hundreds of miles away, but now they're in the Rio Grande, and that's just the only possible explanation is climate change, uh, as exactly. is the case with pretty much everything else, i think and then when we get the border shut down, we can use them for purses and boots exactly. see, you are a capitalist too you've got a plan you've got a business plan you're you're brilliant. I am a- <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you're, you're brainstorming today. That's, uh, that's beautiful stuff. I was uh, talking yesterday about how DeSantis and Abbott should get together and Republican governors should get together and use their, their Air National Guard assets, like C-130 transport planes, and take all of the illegals from the border as soon as they come across. And the Biden people wave them into Texas, uh, take them, load them up onto C-130s, fly them to New York, and uh, drop them off. If you can, bust them all to Times Square. But I, I will not rest. You know, Eagle Pass, Texas, has a number of illegals there that is equal to half the population of the city of Eagle Pass, Texas. They've got a population of about 28,000 people. they got about 15,000 illegals. That means half the population. To match that in New York City, you'd have to move 4.5 million illegal aliens to New York City And I think that should be the goal of the Republican governors. I think Air National Guard assets should be called in to accomplish that goal. And, you know, they're crying uncle when they got like 50 illegal aliens uh, sleeping on a sidewalk. Uh, They claim they have 60,000 or something. But it's a city of 9 million people. In order to make them uh, have the same experience, to make them experience what Eagle Pass Texas is experiencing, we'd have to bring 4.5 million illegal aliens to New York City. And I think that should be a goal of the Republican governors, not just in in uh, Florida and Texas, but rec- Republican governors throughout the country should offer up assets, uh, Air National Guard assets, transport planes, to move the illegals from the southern border to New York City. It seems, have you noticed, Tricia, it gets their attention when you move them. And it, it was so brilliant to send them to sanctuary cities in New York where they brag about and uh, call you names, uh, and they're better than you are. The, this uh preening and then you send them a few illegal, illegal illegal aliens and they say as eric adams did that they're going to destroy the city of new york and it will never recover what, like welcome to eagle pass xenophobes. texas
2: what racist and xenophobes they are in new york i i just i'm 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 aghast that they're not taking them in
0: that's exactly right they're they're obviously racist the Party the Democrat Party of the KKK and Jim Crow revealing themselves once again. This time, uh, illegal aliens. How many is too many? Well, I guess we've found the answer to that question. Not very many. It's like Martha's Vineyard, which was hilarious. Bunch of crooks. Trisha, thank you for the call. Wonderful thoughts, clever thoughts, alligators, and then boots and uh, handbags. And you get uh, big gators. You can even make big pieces of luggage. All the alligator bags. Good stuff. Mmm, and tasty meat, too. There is a uh, Democrat senator from the state of New Jersey named Bob Menendez. Bob Menendez. He's been indicted before, and now he's being indicted again because, you know, he's a Democrat, and he's uh, been indicted now, along with his wife. Is, uh, is that really his wife? Um, on charges of bribery, because bribery is their thing. Now, if you say that the Biden family, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, involved in bribery, even though Ukrainians... Uh, who were in the midst of it all, say that they were bribed. Five million here, five million there. And uh, sooner or later, people start talking. But Senator Bob Menendez of New Jersey, a wife, charged with bribery, CNBC types, on behalf of their party. U.S. Senator Bob Menendez of New Jersey and his wife, Nadine, Nadine, if that's her real name, have been indicted in New York on federal bribery charges much better than the state bribery charges, I think, related to an allegedly corrupt relationship with three businessmen. Three businessmen. In uh, in this case, strangely, it's not sexual. That's really the surprising part, I think. The U.S. Attorney's Office in Manhattan has scheduled a press conference for 11 a.m. Eastern time to discuss the indictment. Senator Menendez, a Democrat, is chair of the Senate Foreign Relations, Re- Relations Committee. That's I thought uh, Joe Biden was in in charge of our foreign relations. He's doing such a good job. You see, he infuriated Joe Biden at the United Nations, the president and the communist Lula uh, of Brazil, who's a left-wing leftist lefty. And uh, Lula was there. And Biden shook hands with another world leader. And then Lula walked up for his handshake. And Biden turned like a jellyfish and wandered away. Honestly, he, um, he learned his behavior from, I think, tropical fish and fish tanks. He is, uh, he's not good at anything. Just amazing. He, um, Menendez says, I'm not guilty of bribery, and then he uh, drove away in a Bentley convertible on, on the way to his helicopter. <laughs>